again. We're glad you're back for another edition of Daily in the Word. I am Rich Chassie, your host and teacher. Today we begin in John chapter 16. We're going to be reading verses 1 through 15. And we'll be seeing Jesus teach more about the coming of the Holy Spirit, the necessity of that, and also the danger that the disciples will face once Jesus is gone to the Father. So let's go ahead and begin reading John chapter 16, verse 1. All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you about them. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. None of you asks me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Because of the focus that the disciples had on their own condition, their own concerns, they weren't so much interested in where Jesus was going. Their concern was, well, what are we going to do without you? We thought the kingdom was coming. We thought we were going to have prominent positions in that kingdom. And you tell us that you're going to be killed? That doesn't make sense. That doesn't fit with our preconceived idea of how this was supposed to go. So they're upset, they're trying to figure this out, and yet because of that, because their focus was on themselves, they missed out on what Jesus was trying to say to them. But Jesus here warns them, and he warns them so that they would not fall away, because they're going to put you out of the synagogue, he said. Matter of fact, they're going to try to kill you. As Jesus speaks these things to them, You can't help but jump ahead into the book of Acts and see how these things came to pass as Stephen is stoned and James is put to death and Paul is after people, or actually Saul is after people before his conversion to Christ. People who were religious zealots who thought they were doing a service for God, verse 2, and yet they were proving that they were not for God that they didn't know the Father, that they were actually the enemies of God. Verse 4, I have told you this so that when their time comes, you will remember that I warned you. 
and the Holy Spirit would remind the disciples of what Jesus said here in this moment. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. None of you asks, where are you going? That was even true of Thomas's question back in chapter 14. What he said was, we don't know the way. Tell us how to get there. But they weren't concerned about where Jesus was going, that he was going back to the Father, that it was necessary for Jesus to go to the cross to pay for their sins. They just didn't understand. They didn't get that. Verse 6, rather you are filled with grief because I have said these things, because they're going to be missing Jesus without their leader. What what will they do? How, how will this work itself out? What will our position be without Jesus being around? We just don't get that. But Jesus says, middle of verse 7, unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. So that is for your benefit. It is for your good. It is for your growth. If I go, I will send him to you. It was necessary for Jesus to go. And when he comes, verse 8, he will prove to the world that they are in the wrong about sin, about righteousness, about judgment, about sin, verse 9, because people who do not believe in me, people who should have known better, rejected Christ, about righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can no longer see me, those who rejected Christ were not righteous. Jesus proved himself to be the righteous Messiah in his resurrection from the dead. Now, true, if he had remained dead, if he had remained in the grave, it would have proved everything about Jesus to be wrong. But of course, Jesus was going to rise again from the dead. He is the Son of God, and that was his calling. That is what he came to do. And then verse 11 Convict about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. When Jesus died on that cross and was buried and rose again from the dead, that condemned the prince of this world, the prince of darkness, the devil himself, stood judged and condemned by what happened on the cross and the resurrection. In verse 12, Jesus says, I have much more to say to you more than you can now bear. They're just not in a position where they can hear or take in what Jesus is trying to teach them. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. It is the truth that the Holy Spirit will teach them. The Holy Spirit will remind them of the things that Jesus taught them up to and including in this time, but will teach them more. And he will not speak of On his own accord, he will speak what he hears from the Father, and he will tell you what is and what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit would reveal all of these things to them, and we get the rest of the New Testament as a result of that. We get the information about the second coming of Jesus from the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit would glorify Jesus because it is from Jesus that he will receive what he teaches us and makes known to us. All that belongs to the Father is mine, 
That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. And notice the dynamic between Father, Son, and Spirit here. They are all interdependent upon each other. It is one God, three persons. I can't explain that to you. I wish my mind could grasp it, but I believe it because that is what's being presented here. It's what's being presented all the way back into Genesis chapter 1, all throughout the rest of the scriptures, is the idea of the Trinity. Even though that word Trinity is not in the scriptures, we see the idea of Father, Son, and Spirit spoken of throughout the Gospels, throughout the whole record of the testimony of God from Genesis to Revelation. So, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to once again read from your word, and we thank you for the warnings that were given to the disciples and the fulfillment as we read through the book of Acts to see exactly what happened there. And, Lord, when we become Christians, we understand that we're not living in a world that is friendly to us because this world was not friendly to you. But, Lord, we have a message that saves And I pray that we would present that message of hope and of love and of grace to the people who need to hear it. There are so many people in our own community who are without Christ, without you. And I pray that we would be faithful to live the truth and to speak the truth to those who are around us. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit in our lives who gives testimony within to help us to know that we are saved And to help us as we read this text, we know that it is your Holy Spirit who is helping us to understand the text. Lord, it is amazing to see how two people can both hear the same presentation of the gospel, one respond and one who doesn't, one who rejects. And Lord, we recognize that it is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives that helps us to recognize the truth, and we thank you for that. And as we read, as believers, as we read, your Holy Spirit aids us and helps us and guides us and leads us into all truth that we can understand what your word is, and we recognize, Lord, the importance of your word. These are your words, and they are perfect and they are from you. And of course, Lord, we want to get into it. We want to eat them up as much as we possibly can, and also to understand what we read. So thank you for this time, this daily time of reading your word, so that daily we are into it, understanding it, and hopefully applying it. We thank you, Lord. You are so good to us. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks again for being with us today here on Daily in the Word. I pray that this day you would be especially thankful for what God has given us in his word, that that would bring a smile to your face as you go throughout your day, and that you would be giving thanks to God for all that he has done in your life. So again, thank you for being with us. We'll see you again next time. Take care.